0: Hey, everybody, Craig Shop here with the Ohioan Podcast, and here are some Ohioan weekend reviews. Got a lot of great new stuff coming out this week. Uh, the iCarly reboot, after about eight years away, iCarly goes from Nickelodeon to Paramount Plus, and it gets a uh, sort of a makeover, but uh, also mostly a continuation of uh, the Spencer and Carly Shay's lives. Uh, and this show, you know, obviously Carly is still producing as an influencer now, as maybe uh, years ago she got in on the craze of uh, making internet videos uh, before almost anybody, and it's uh, kind of interesting the way they kind of reboot this show, because what what I found interesting was they, instead of deciding to just continue on, and Carly is still the same person, she's still popular as ever, this time she's having, at age 26, sort of a midlife, midlife crisis, where she's kind of questioning uh, whether or not she still has relevancy in the world, which is kind of a unique take, I think, on how we look at the Internet and social media and especially all the people that are continuing day by day to get famous off of TikTok or YouTube uh, and, and other you know forms of media. And it really does update the series to that 2021 feel where uh, obviously, you know, there's, there's, they still have their pair phones instead of the Apple uh, apparel, but uh, it, it does kind of give it an interesting update. And I think this time, you know, after the 95 episodes, I watched a lot of those episodes. Uh, you know, even though I was considered a young adult when the show came out, I actually found the show to be fun. Uh was a big fan of Jerry Traynor, who's always funny as Spencer, the big brother to Carly, who is the artist. And instead of being a struggling artist like he was, during the initial series that ran from 2007 to 2012 this time he's a millionaire he's a multimillionaire after a sculpture uh, made him famous that uh, by accident in some ways But i'll let you watch that to determine or to see how that happened but he's always fun over the top you know you get what you get from from Jerry trainer the actor he's a very funny physical comedian and here he brings the same kind of uh Charm and and over the top fun and excitement here in this iCarly reboot. I also too though want to say that I think Miranda Cosgrove uh, as Carly, the the title character, is actually a little bit better this time around. I think during the initial series run, I don't quite think she ever really hit her stride playing Carly. I think she, you know, coming fresh off of Drake and Josh, where she was the little sister of Doom that always was creating problems. I think she found found her niche playing sort of a bad person, even though she probably is not a bad person and never has done a bad thing in her life. But she played a great bad character on Drake and Josh as the little sister that I just think she maybe didn't really find her footing so much during the initial series. But here she kind of, I think, relaxes a little bit, takes a deep breath, and really fully now understands Carly Shea at age 26 And really kind of gets a a little bit better in this role as it goes on. And I'm I'm really interested to see, you know, what happens with her moving forward. But she's really, I think, taken a step forward as this Carly character and uh, definitely interested to see more. But overall, after the first three episodes were released June 18th, I have to say that I, I find charm. Uh, like I did with the original series. It's a little bit more up to date uh, as an adult. You know, these guys are all older. They're, you know, young adults now. Spencer's getting older as well. And, you know, it's uh, it's really refreshing to see a new take on iCarly, but also uh, it's not just a mindless cash grab as well. They're also, you know, really kind of hitting into those details of 21st century, you know, marketing and, and influencers. And they're putting Carly fresh into that. And I think it's... Uh, you know, at first I was kind of a little skeptical about an iCarly reboot, thinking that maybe it would be uh, a simple cash grab for Paramount Plus to maybe get some new subscribers. And I'm sure they will uh, from for people that are wanting to kind of see this continuation of the show, even though um people like Gibby and Sam, two main characters that were uh, in many episodes in the first run of this series, are not in... At least as we are aware, not in these this 13 season episode uh, season episodes that they're going to have, uh, but the first three episodes are streaming right now in Paramount Plus. I definitely would recommend it. I am giving uh, three stars out of four for iCarly the reboot. Uh, I think it uh, is somewhat timely and an interesting take on uh, this character now kind of being thrust into the influencer era and trying to stay relevant, even though she is only 26. So I I definitely will say that uh, the reboot uh, works, and even though it may be a cash grab and it probably will be a popular show for Paramount Plus to help either maintain or get new subscribers, it uh, definitely is worth their while as well. So definitely uh, recommend go out and watch the uh, first three episodes that are streaming right now on iCarly. Uh, the reboot here on Paramount Plus. Now another uh, new episodes have been dropping. a uh, season two of the HBO original series Betty. This is a series that I reviewed uh, a couple of weeks ago. Uh, the first season anyway in anticipation of the first uh, the second season dropping episodes. Uh, every Friday new episodes are out on HBO. You can watch it on your cable package or on HBO Max the next day. Uh, very much uh, intrigued by where this uh, show is going now, obviously, this show, along with a lot of other shows, have taken sort of some advantage of the pandemic where we're meeting all the new cha- all the old characters again uh, this time now under masks essentially, and also just kind of dealing with the, the stresses that the pandemic brings. Uh, but the show so far just once you know one episode into the season but we get to you know to kind of meet up with this the same girls that are you know out there skateboarding in New York City i think one of the things that they've really done with this series is they've sort of made new york city another character in itself and i always like when movies and tv shows are able to really paint good pictures of cities and landscapes and places where where these characters are are at where We get lost in not just the characters, but in the backdrop where these characters are interacting with each other. And New York City was always a fun, you know, sort of uh, extra character in season one. And I think you're going to see a lot of that this time around, too. And I think you see a lot of that, too, with the iCarly reboot that I just had talked about, where Seattle, where Carly and her family live and her friends live also has kind of gotten a little bit of an upgrade in this series where we get a little bit more landscape, a little bit more aerial shots of the city, and you feel a little bit more connected. And I think Betty does a great job because part of this show is really about these young women trying to find their way in a male-dominated sport of, of skateboarding. And now, so far with just the first episode, we're seeing maybe a, a popular skate park where they go in an indoor skate uh, skate park, maybe getting shut down. So there's Some development that I think will still go on. But so far, uh, very excited that the show is back. It was kind of a sort of an under the radar hit last year that really kind of struck me where it didn't necessarily, you know, tell a a ultra important story, but it told a story that we really haven't seen before in in a situation where we're trying to grow with these characters and watch them grow in a, like I said, in a sport that's usually dominated by men, or at least thought of to be more of a male-dominated sport in skateboarding. So it was a really refreshing show that HBO told. It has a lot of laughs at times, but also had some drama and some serious issues at hand. And and I think you're going to see a lot of that with season two as well. So I'm really excited to see where this next season goes. Uh, Probably going to be expecting another six-episode season like season one was. But uh, I'm definitely excited to to catch up on Betty every week. I feel like, you know, you, you get to the point where you feel like you're a part of the group, even though um, I've, I've never skateboarded in my life and I probably never will. But you kind of feel like you're a part of the group by watching them interact and have fun with each other and uh, just get getting to know them a little bit more as characters and who they really are. So I definitely... I'm excited for uh, more episodes for season two of Betty. I'm definitely giving this three stars out of four. Uh, Definitely go recommend watching this, whether you have cable and you have HBO. You can watch it on Friday nights at 11, or you can watch it next day on HBO Max. So definitely uh, recommend you going out and uh, catching that and catching up on the first season on HBO Max as well. So every week I like to give you uh, free options you know, cause some people, maybe they don't have enough money to, to pay for a streaming service, or maybe you're in between streaming services, or maybe you're kind of looking at, well, where can I watch the most content for this amount of money or for free even? Well, that's why I give you these free streams. Now today I'm going to do a couple of them, uh, right now on the Roku channel, you can watch the day after tomorrow. Now, maybe some of you have, are aware of this movie, some it's 2004. So for some people, it may seem like ages ago that this movie came out, but, uh, this is a really interesting movie. You know, it's it's basically that doomsday of America, the country's going to hell in a handbasket. But Roland Emmerich, the director of this, he's, he's kind of uh, sort of become a, a skilled tradesman, I guess you could say, in sort of the over-the-top, the world is at the end and we're at the brink. He's directed and written a lot of movies. He wrote Godzilla, Independence Day. So obviously, you know, he, de- he deals in a lot of this over-the-top, end-of-the-world scenario, but he does it pretty well here, much you know, much like he did with Independence Day, which came out in 96. In his 2004 movie, uh, The Day After Tomorrow, he really hams it up. Uh, in this case, uh, Jake Gyllenhaal uh, is among the cast members. A very interesting cast as well, though. you are talking about Jake Gyllenhaal is in there. Emmy Rossum's in there as well. So Um, A really good, strong cast. Everybody gives a fine performance. They play it straight down the line. They don't uh, wink at the camera. Dennis Quaid is a a climatologist who is warning everybody of, of this impending danger of climate change and how drastic the shift could be. And in this case, uh, we we do see, you know, heavy rainfall that leads to flooding. Then we see extreme cold temperatures. We see tornadoes going around uh, the hills of Hollywood. It's a, you know, it's a really interesting film. It's an interesting take on, you know, trying to inspire people to be a little bit more climate friendly, uh, maybe be a little bit more friendly to the earth while being a popcorn action epic it does do its job. It's one of those movies where you're not necessarily going to you know, stay around for the story. You just want to see the, the the shock value of how over the top the snow and the cold can get. Uh, one of the things I always remembered about this film is when uh, Gyllenhaal and a couple of his other uh, classmates that were on a trip to New York City were having to outrun the freeze that was chasing them along with some wolves. But they were being chased by the freeze going into the New York City library where they were all kind of huddled in to try to stay warm. So Definitely not something you're going to go into in, in hoping that they have a, a really scientific explanation of how things work. It's very much uh, an action popcorn movie, but if you're looking for some mindless entertainment, you just want to sit back, kick back, and you know get a bucket of popcorn and watch a movie, this is probably one of those good bets. And right now you can stream it for free on the Roku channel. So uh, I gave it three stars out of four back in 2004. And I stick to that today, Um, you know, nearly 20 years later. So we're getting close to the 20th anniversary of this movie. I I, I saw it in theaters uh, in Mansfield when they had opened up their new Cinemark there back in 2004. It was the first movie, well, the first big movie they had ever played. So kind of an interesting experience. I still remember that to this day. So definitely uh, recommend maybe uh, getting on the Roku channel and watching it tonight. Now, the next one I'm going to give for the entire family. Now, this is something... Uh, that has spawned multiple sequels, but the initial Kung Fu Panda, right now you can stream the animated film on Tubi, and I highly recommend this. This is a movie that really kind of came by surprise. It came out in 2008. It came out in the what I would call sort of the golden era of Pixar films where you had movies like WALL-E, UP, Ratatouille, some of those other movies that Pixar was really churning out during that mid-2000s to, to early 2010s. But this was a movie that really kind of was refreshing because it was actually a movie that not, not done by Disney or Pixar. It was a DreamWorks Animation Studio movie, and it was a gorgeous-looking movie, always gorgeous to look at, exciting and fun and energetic with the action sequences, and a great voice cast, too, I might add. Jack Black is hilarious as Poe. You've got Ian McShane. Angelina Jolie is in this. Seth Rogen is in this, Uh, Dustin Hoffman, Jackie Chan, I mean, Lucy Liu, David Cross, I mean, this is a who's who of voice cast for a DreamWorks animation picture, and I really think that, you know, it, to me, it's probably the best of the Kung Fu Panda series, but it's just such an interesting, it's an old story, but a good story, where you're, you know, you have those, those, classic tropes of you can be anything you want to be. You can do anything you want to be as we watch this Panda become a Kung Fu master, but you add a good story, a solid story for footing with great voice acting, great animation and wonderful and exciting action. And you've got a very, very fun movie. This is something that the whole family can watch. It's, ex- it's exciting. I think the parents will like it just as much as the children, I would say. Uh, but for me, definitely recommend this find it on tubi i'm giving kung fu panda three and a half stars i gave it three and a half stars way back in 2008 i really enjoyed this movie it did spawn a couple of sequels if you uh the time to have sort of a binge watching session but uh, kung fu panda the original 2008 film right now you can find it for free on tubi obviously with ads but still uh, something that you can find for free that uh, will definitely entertain you the kids, or even young adults without kids. It will certainly entertain everybody. So plenty of good options for you this weekend to stream. As always, happy streaming. My name is Craig Shop, and this is the Ohioan Podcast, and these are your Ohioan Weekend Reviews. Hi, I'm Jennifer Mooney. Welcome to what is our new Hope Interrupted podcast, based on the work from our book, Hope Interrupted, that I co-authored with my good friend, Byron McCauley.